Hello and good afternoon. Welcome to our podcast show, We're Talking Golf, where we discuss many of the important golf topics of the day, as well as bringing you guests from around the world of golf. My name is Douglas Maida, and it's my pleasure to be your host for this show. In today's episode, we will meet an incredibly delightful woman. She is a former junior star player, and she's the second ever woman from Ireland to play Division I golf in the United States. She's also a member of the PGA and the LPGA, and she's based in Virginia. She is also the lead principal of the Michelle Holmes School of Golf. She has become well-known in golf circles for her work with youth golf academies and with introducing parents and children to better golf. If that wasn't enough, Michelle also coordinates an elite junior golf program, introducing young players to the world of competitive golf, advanced skill development, and coaching those that aspire to move beyond the elite junior golf level. But before we get to our guest, I want to take this moment to thank all of our loyal listeners for staying with us as we return from our autumn hiatus. We also want to welcome all the new listeners joining us too, and hope you find our show interesting and thought-provoking. Now we'll take a short break, and when we return, we'll get right to our guest. For players who don't want to sacrifice beauty, Honma's Beres Aizu combines stunning artistry with performance. Lightweight, easy to swing, and handcrafted on the coast of Japan, Beres Aizu evokes a sense of pure awe and confidence, all while being technologically the best equipment for your game. With Beres Aizu in your bag, you'll experience the pure pleasure of golf. Treat yourself at a local retailer or shop at honmagolf.com. Hello, we're back. Thank you for staying with us. One of the most important aspects of golf today involves children and parents. Golf's growth throughout the world is exciting and heartening. And that means more and more children and young people are getting into the sport. Some join just for the enjoyment or playing with their friends. Others be because parents want them to, or they've been told they have to by their parents. And still others join because they aspire to be like Brooke Henderson, Lydia Ko, or perhaps like Rory McIlroy and Colin Morikawa. It is exciting to see the growth of golf worldwide, even more so with so many younger children getting involved. But as exciting as it may be, it is also fraught with challenges as parents struggle to find their role and how they can support their children as they start their golf journey. Now, Michelle Holmes is here to share her experience with parents, kids, golf, and everything you could want to know about getting your child into the sport. She will share her tips for parents on what to keep in mind when you have a child in golf and how to help them stay motivated engaged, and involved. So I would like to welcome Michelle Holmes to the show. Thanks for joining us, Michelle. Thank you for having me, Doug. It's our pleasure, our pleasure, and thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. No problem. The kids have shorty ha- kids have been keeping me busy this year, but we're getting to our downtime now, so we have, uh, we have some, a little bit more time to ourselves these days. Ah, great, terrific. Uh, so, Michelle... Let's chat a little bit. Tell us about, how about you and your golf experiences? How did you get into golf? 
Yeah, so a little bit about me. I um, grew up playing junior golf in Ireland. Um, I was my my family's were members at a wonderful club. They were very welcoming of um, junior golf um, in a strong golf club. I had an amazing junior golf coach at that club. His name is Charlie McGoldrick, and he definitely had a big impact on my future career choice. Um, I had a pretty good junior golf career, and I was very fortunate that I then got to um, come over to the States, and I played four years of college golf at Campbell University. Um, From quite a young age, I really knew that I wanted to go into coaching. Uh, I really loved what I saw my junior golf coach doing, and um, I just love teaching people and helping people. I think if I hadn't been a junior golf coach, I probably would have been an elementary school teacher. So um, as soon as I finished my four years at Campbell, um, I I became an assistant pro and um, started my LPGA training. Um, As an assistant pro, I really got to see kind of a lot of aspects of the business um, from management uh, um, to to all aspects of it. But I really, that really kind of... um, kind of settled it for me that I knew that coaching was it was my passion and was my the route I was going to take so after a couple of years of um being an assistant pro I decided to hand in my notice one day at work and decided I was going to open the Michelle Home School of Golf and I really didn't have much of a business plan or anything back then I just had a passion for it and pretty much started a, a Facebook page and and took it from there and as they like to say, the rest is history. The rest is history. It's it's worked out pretty well so far. <laughs> so, so that was back in 2000 and, uh, 2010, um, 2011, actually. And uh, we started with very few students. Um, so I had to do a lot of groundwork back then. I remember I... You know, went out into all the local elementary schools. Um, I actually hit the pavement and handed out brochures in, in all the neighborhoods. And eventually uh, I rounded up a few students and they kept coming back. And now we're 10 years into it and we've grown it to three locations. Um, we see five to six hundred kids through the door a year. And yeah, we're just taking a lot of families on a lot of different golf journeys. Sounds very interesting. I, I gather then, obviously, the focus and emphasis is on kids programming. Am I? I'm correct in that assumption. Am I? Yes. It's not that we don't. Um, it's it's. I you know when we started the the program first, I didn't. I never knew it was going to be you know 95 percent kids, but that's what it's grown to. And um, I guess that's where you know my true enjoyment is. It's not that we don't teach any adults. Um, but yes, we're pretty much 95% kids at this point. Right. Before we get into the kids programs a little bit, tell us about some of the adults and the newer beginners to golf that you, you also have. Yeah. So, um, we do dabble a little bit in, um, adult golf. I do try and, um, you know, help grow ladies golf a little bit. Um, so I have, and you know what, as I always say to my lady students, it's nice to have adult conversations during the day too. And so, yeah, we're just, you know, I think the biggest thing with our program, with our our adult program is my biggest goal there is I find so many adults get stuck learning the game. 
um, learning the different aspects, whether it's coming for a lesson on the driving range or the putting green or the chipping green, and they never really get out to play the game. So that's been, you know, the, the little bit of growing the game of golf I'm doing for, for ladies golf. That's, that's probably my, my biggest, um, my biggest goal is to make sure they're not just learning the different aspects of the game, that they were actually giving them opportunities to get out in the golf course and, and learn how to, how to get out, be comfortable on the golf course and get out in the course and play. My experience too, in, in having friends who are newer to the game of golf, wanting to get into it, it's, it's such trepidation and anxiety about going to play for the first few times. Am I doing things right? What am I supposed to do? And, and all those kind of questions that come with it. It's so intimidating. I mean, just you know, even just to look at the rule book. I mean, it's so intimidating for for a beginner to rock up to the golf course and and get out to that first tee. Um. So yeah, we're trying to to encourage more of that. We're trying to make that transition from the from the driving range to the golf course a little bit easier for them. Uh, I take it that's probably one of the biggest challenges that um, whether it's the children and or the adults that that's probably one of the biggest challenges is learning to take it from the driving range practice areas to the course? Yeah, and that's why with our kids program, we try and teach as much as we can on the golf course. Um, my private lessons, I would say, I teach 90% of my private golf lessons on the actual golf course. Um, I try and teach the kids from the hole out. So, you know, from day one, if we're doing a putting lesson, it's your first lesson with me and we're doing a putting lesson, I have you actually on the golf course and we're putting we're trying to get that ball in the hole and you know then we move to chipping and chipping and putting and then back to pitching and before you know we're at 100 yards or 150 yards and so on and so it just makes that transition so much easier and it's just so much fun it's so much more fun for the kids that way and every other sport like basketball all other sports you learn it by playing it whereas golf we just seem to get stuck on the practice facility so much Right, right. And partially, I guess, too, because it's such an individualized sport to begin with. Exactly. And then as well, especially for these kids who maybe don't even have parents that play it, it, it is an intimidating for, for, for kids to get out there. And, you know, there's that stigma that kids are going to be holding the place up and, and so on. So it's just so important for us to make them comfortable on the golf course and, you know, teach them the rules and teach them the etiquette. So, um, you know, by doing as many of our private lessons on the golf course as we can, we can sneak in, you know, the lessons on that kind of stuff too. Right. Well, that makes great sense. Uh, so tell me, Michelle, what are some of your favorite experiences in working with the kids? I mean, I'm sure you must have many of them, just judging from following you on social media. So um, what do you see as being some of them? <laughs> yes. Um, Yes, my, you know, why do I love keep teaching kids over adults? I mean, I guess the biggest thing is the kids are just so fearless. I feel like when I'm teaching kids, we really are taking the child and their entire family on a golf journey, whatever that golf journey, you know, whatever that, that family choose that journey to be. And whereas I feel like when you're teaching adults, it's more like they come in for their, you know, maybe package of four lessons and then they leave for a while and come back. Whereas I feel you know, kids, you're really taking them on a life journey. It's not just about golf. But yeah, I mean, I'm so fortunate. I I get a, a front seat row to so many kids and a lot of our kids have done some amazing things. And, um, you know, one of our juniors is, is just qualified for the finals of drive, chip and putt at Augusta. And 
um, you know, she finished, one of her kids finished second in the world championships. Um, you know, there's a lot of good stuff like that happening, but I think even more importantly, it's, it's just the, you know, the kid that maybe comes in and you feel like, oh, I don't know if this kid is ever going to be a golfer. And before you know it, they've fallen in love with the game. They put a bit of hard work into it. And before you know it, they've they've reached a goal of making their high school team or something. So it's not just the big things. It's those those little things that happen along the way, too. But tell us, you mentioned the Augusta's drive, chip and putt program and competition. How much of an impact has that had? Can you share with us? I mean, because you're working with that age group and that's got to be one of the big dreams for that age group. Oh, it's huge. I mean, it's it's huge because even, you know, they, when you qualify at the lo- local level, it's free to enter. Um, anyone can go and, and try it. Um, so it's, it's encouraging all the newer golfers too. Of course, the golfers that get to Augusta, they're the best of the best. Um, so it, it just, it just um, caters to a, a wider range, array of golfers. And especially for those newer ones, you know, they just got to go hit a drive, hit it, or hit, what is it, hit three drives, hit three chips, three putts. So, and that's not the most daunting thing in the world. But then, you know, for the for the ones who are at playing at the higher level to have that reward of Augusta at the end of it, I mean, there's no there's no better reward in golf. So it's 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 pretty cool to see. We were very fortunate that I think uh, maybe it was seven, eight years ago, we went with a couple of our juniors to the to the finals. And it, we're obviously going to go this year again with Macy when she goes back in April. So it's going to be exciting. Have you ever had any children come to you or parents come to you saying that their children saw it on television and they really want to try out for that or, or practice and play and learn how to get into that? Oh, for sure. I mean, there's no doubt about it. When Drive, Chip and Putt airs, um, there's definitely more phone calls the days after the Drive, Chip and Putt airs and people saying my, my kids saw it on TV and they want to give it a go. So it's huge. It's huge. Would it be fair to say that Perhaps sometimes it's the parents that are more excited about it than the kids. 100%. No doubt about it. (laughs) As I always say, it's, um, you know, my whole job. Yes, I teach kids, but uh, my my toughest job is is keeping parents under control. That's my real job. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get into that a little bit later in the show. (laughs) Michelle, tell us a little bit about... um, your golf school program, and I understand it's very much a family affair. So why don't you uh, share how that came about and, and perhaps some of the uh, working relationships that you have with uh, your partners and, and sibling and whatnot? Yeah, so I'm very fortunate. I get to work um, with my other half on a daily basis, I guess, Um most people wouldn't like that, but um, <laughs> we do tend to enjoy it. And, um, you know, it, this is our both junior golf is a passion, a huge passion for both of us. It's the passion for both of us. And um, so we're very fortunate that we get to wake up every day and go to work and, and enjoy what we do. And I'm also very fortunate that my little sister works with us, too. Um so yeah, it, it's it's a lot of fun, and um, I think just the fact that the three of us are obviously family, it just helps us create that family environment for our kids even more. Um, so we're very blessed. We were very blessed with that. 
And as far as our program, yeah, we have, as I said earlier, we see five to 600 kids through the door a year. Um, so they keep us very busy. Um, we see everything from your kid who just uses golf as an extracurricular activity. Maybe it's their fourth sport um, to kids who um, are trading, you know, three or four days a week and you know, have bigger aspirations of maybe playing college golf or, you know, even further. And uh, yes, yeah, so it's a lot of fun. And one thing I'm very proud of, and it's it's a, a rare thing for an academy to say, is that our program is now um, 60% girls. In fact, I actually think it's actually crept over 60% on the female side. So that is um, very uncommon. And I have to, probably a big factor to that is that two of our main instructors are females. So that's definitely a huge help. Actually, through, we've actually just hired a third female instructor. So um, I think that's definitely a huge, um, huge um, help in that regard. Oh, that's fantastic figures to get. I mean, that's. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, when I when I started the program back in 2011, well, actually, in 2011, we barely had any students. So I can't really talk about that. But even five years ago, um, I mean, we were probably, I don't know, 80 percent boys five years ago. Um, so it, it's it is just fun to see the female side of it growing. Oh, fantastic. I know that. Um, industry wide, we've been seeing women being the biggest influence or the biggest uh, demographic segment in the growth of golf over the last decade or so. And it's just been something that's continuing and continuing. And, you know, uh, how important is it that the girls are seeing the LPGA on TV more and more? Oh, it's, I think it's, it's just so important. What's that saying? And, um, you know, when you, when you, when you see it, you can do it. So I think it's, it's, it's super important for them to say and, um, you know, even for things like for me, you know, for Susie, Wh- you know, Susie Whaley, I mean, she was the past president of the PGA. I mean, just things like that are happening nowadays that just weren't happening 10 years ago. So it's just huge. And so definitely a lot of positive things happening on the female side. So tell us, Michelle, you said you have three schools open now. You started with the one. Where are your schools located? So, yeah, we are... Um, we're, we're based out of three different golf courses. Um, one is Greenbrier Country Club. So it's two, one country club and two public golf courses. And the country club is Greenbrier Country Club, and that's in Chesapeake, Virginia. And then we have we're at two public golf courses, Kempsville Greens in Virginia Beach, and then Lambert's Point in Norfolk, all in Virginia. Right. Uh, did you say Greenbrier? Yes, Greenbrier Country Club. Uh, now that's... Not the Greenbrier, not the Greenbrier, oh. <laughs> but it is a nice Greenbrier, but not the Greenbrier. Okay, I was going to say Greenbrier had that uh, <laughs> historical connection with Sam Sneed all those years yes, ago. Yes, and, yeah, okay. yes. I, I do love the Greenbrier. Um, I've been up there a couple of times and um, yeah, it is, it's a, it's a lovely place. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, wow, you're, you're working at a place with such history. No, so. no. <laughs> uh, We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about your experiences in teaching, what you see as being important, and as you mentioned, about uh, working with parents. Okay, that sounds great. Great. Uh, So we'll be right back, and please stay with us. The new Tour World 757 line from Honma. It's innovation in your hands. 
It's pure power in your swing. It's Honma tradition meets high tech. Unrelenting research and development and laser focus on performance puts TW757 in the top of today's club design. We've led the industry in carbon technology without sacrificing tradition. TW757's carbon slot technology delivers unmatched force at impact. Then, ultra-high speed. When you seek cutting-edge innovation with a direct link to performance, swathed in Honma's legendary Japanese craftsmanship, the answer is Tour World 757. Say hello to Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer. Swirling with hints of espresso, chocolate, and caramel. From the brewer who invented Nitro Beer. A new way to brighten up your day. For players who don't want to sacrifice beauty, Honma's Beres Aizu combines stunning artistry with performance. Lightweight, easy to swing, and handcrafted on the coast of Japan, Beres Aizu evokes a sense of pure awe and confidence, all while being technologically the best equipment for your game. With Beres Aizu in your bag, you'll experience the pure pleasure of golf. Treat yourself at a local retailer or shop at honmagolf.com. Hi, we're back. Thank you for staying with us. Um, we're with Michelle Holmes, who's a longtime golf instructor and coach with Michelle Holmes School of Golf. Uh, Michelle, I wanted to ask you something. Let's say, for example, you are in a social setting, uh, let's say at one of your social club, uh, pardon me, at one of your golf courses, country clubs, something like that, and a parent learns that you're a golf coach. They ask you for some thoughts and ideas about their, um, say your eight-year-old taking golf up as a sport or a recreational pastime. What kind of thoughts and advice would you share with that parent? Yeah, well, I my first my first thing I always say is they're never they're never too too young. I mean, if a kid is asking to play at all, let them play. Um, the next thing I would say is make sure you get them the correct equipment. I mean, we're very fortunate these days that. Um, there is good equipment, you, you know, with US Kids Golf, there is the correct equipment out there for kids. So that's the second thing I would say. The third thing I would say is make sure you get them involved in a junior golf program. Um, you know, I always say this to parents, what, what you consider to be an entertaining and fun day at the golf course is maybe not what your eight-year-old is going to consider to be a fun day at the golf course. So I think it's very important to get them involved in a junior program quite early, get them around some other kids their age. Um, I think it's very important to give them um, playing experiences early. Um, and even if, you know, you know, maybe you have a kid who's eight years old and yeah, they're, they're good enough to go play in the, the local U.S. kids golf tournaments or and that's great. Or maybe your kid just isn't there yet. And that means maybe just bringing them out on a Saturday evening when the course is quiet and, you know, throwing a ball down at 50 yards and letting them play in from 50 yards. But that's going to be a lot more fun than, you know, going to the driving range and just beating golf balls for them. Um I think it's very important that we set kids up for success. So I think, you know, when you do bring your kid to the golf course, that um, you're keeping it short and you're keeping it fun. And, you know, and if you are going out playing holes, that it's so important to, you know, maybe play your eight-year-old from 100 yards and tell them it's a par five. Let them make some pars and birdies. 
Um, so I think just creating a, you know, a fun experience for them at the golf course over being too worried about whether, you know, how they're improving or what their fundamentals or golf swings look like. You mentioned, uh, that, uh, you try to get the kids playing out on the course a little more than say just at the range beating balls and whatnot. What are some of your techniques or skills? I mean, you shared some of it already. I mean, do you do any other things or activities with the kids to help them uh, keep their interest in golf and how they can uh, avoid the mundane feelings or the repetition, like like you mentioned about beating balls? I mean, how do you keep it spiced up for them? You know, I say it all the time. This is a boring sport. I don't know why any eight-year-old even likes it, right? It can be a very boring sport. So I think that's our biggest job is just to, is just to make it fun. So, you know, we do a lot of teaching through games. Um, you know, for example, if I have a class of, let's say, if I have a 45-minute class of seven-year-olds standing in front of me, they don't want to listen to me talk for 45 minutes. So for every for every year of age, um, I talk for one minute. So if, if I have a class of seven-year-olds in front of me, I'll instruct for seven minutes. So let's say if I'm doing a lesson on speed putting, I'll instruct for seven minutes. And then for the other, whatever, 38 minutes of class, then I'm setting up games um, that match whatever we have learned from the day. And I guarantee you, they'll learn a lot more from those games and drills that I've set up for them than they will for those seven minutes that they've, they've stood there li- listening to me. So I guess teaching through games, uh, as I say, getting them getting them out in the golf course. And again, just going back to the social settings. Um, I mean, one of our biggest programs is our girls golf program. We have a huge girls golf program on Friday evenings and we bring our girls in for um, two hours. We do an hour of golf. Um, it's all fun contests. It's all team-based fun contests. So they're working in teams. Um, you know, the, the better golfers, they get to, you know, they be the leaders. The newer golfers don't realize they're really the newer golfers because it's all team-based. Um, they are getting some competition. So, you know, we're getting that in. And then for the last hour, um, it's, a, it's a social hour, whether it's a movie night or pizza night or craft nights. So I think, you know, getting for kids to see that, the golf course is actually a fun place and it's a, it's a comfortable place for them to come to. I think that's so important. That needs to be the top priority early. Yeah. That that makes a lot of sense with the kids. How important is it to emphasize fun and laughter when you're with the kids in that setting? Oh, it's so important. I mean, as I always say, when a kid, my first job is to get a kid in, get them enjoying it, get them to fall in love with it and getting them asking their, getting them to leave and ask their parents, Hey, can I go back and do that again? Um, and you know, we've, we have a lot of good juniors come through our program and our only goal at the end of the day is to give them a few good fundamentals to give them playing opportunities to make, to show them that golf is a good time. And before you know it, they're putting in the work on their end and then that's where the good golfers come out of. So yeah, it all, it all starts with the enjoyment. You know, when they fall in love with the game, then the possibilities become endless. I feel like a lot of parents, a lot of people unintentionally get wrapped up in making their child a good golfer, thinking that's going to create the passion, but really the passion and fun has to come first. 
Well, how do you, on that topic then, how do you approach some of the parents when you notice that type of situation? Um, yes, that's, as I say, it's, that's my, that's the toughest part of my job is, um, is keeping parents on the right path. And it's tough. I mean, um, it's tough for parents, you know, parents are out there and parents are trying to be a parent caddy in these golf tournaments. They're trying to bring their kids to, to practice every week. I mean, most people aren't in full-time academies. So for kids who actually want to improve and compete at this game, you know, they might be only having a, you know, one lesson a, a week. So the parent is a coach too. You know, if they want to improve, the parents got to be doing some work with them in between lessons too, right? So the parents, they wear a lot of hats and and I and I can see where it's is it can be frustrating for them and I can see where they can get get wrapped up on it. Um but you know what we do, we try and meet with our parents quite often and uh, quite regularly and we you know, we talk about goals and um we try and keep those goals realistic and we try and keep, you know, the parent, coach and the child all on, on, on the one path. And I think what we have to remember, too, is even the parents that you see and you see them doing all the wrong things, they're not trying to do all the wrong things. They're trying to do the right things. They're doing this because they think it's right. So, um, yeah, we spend a lot of time. Um, I do and my, my coaches do. We spend a lot of time and um, we dedicate a lot of time helping these parents in this journey. Right. Right. Well, that sounds like it's such an important aspect to support the child with their golf and, uh, helping the parents understand how their role can, can help improve that experience and that journey. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we spend most of our time coaching these parents on how to be better caddies and how to be better coaches, how to help their children practice and how to help their children practice effectively without them going to war every, every, every practice. (laughs) So, um, it's an ongoing battle, but, um, you know, as I said, most parents have, have, um, they, they have a good heart with it and they're trying to do the right things. Earlier, a couple of minutes ago, we talked about equipment and you mentioned equipment being such an important role for the kids and kids golf. You mentioned the U S kids golf program, uh, for the equipment in particular. What does your experience with that and how does it benefit the children as they're playing golf and and at what age do you think children should start looking at their own equipment like that i mean let me take a step back for a second if you're not sure your child is interested in golf much or will like it much i mean parents are a little bit loath to go out and spend money on a set of equipment and they you know sometimes let them play with their own club or maybe we'll cut down an, an old secondhand club to their to their length just to get them into it i mean how do you see that all fitting together, Michelle? Uh, I, I don't like seeing cut down clubs coming to me. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, U.S. kids do an amazing job as far as equipment goes. I mean, their equipment is just um, amazing. And, you know, it's it's lightweight. Um, it's the correct length for these kids and the correct, even everything down to the correct grip size. Um, and then... The, it doesn't have to be expensive. I mean, U.S. kids have the option to where you can just go and buy one individual club. So that's often what parents do. And they have everything down to clubs. They have the first putter. Um, they have the yard club. Um, 
The Yard Club is a great club for kids who are maybe four, five and six years old, just getting into it. It's actually, um, it's got a training grip on there and it's got an oversized head. So um, I, I just love the club because the kids see such um, quick success with it. They see that ball go up in the air right away. And once they see that ball go up in the air right away, they're hooked. But yes, as far as equipment, it is so important. I mean, I think having the right equipment is even more important than golf lessons. Um, so it is, it, you know, if, if you really do want your child to be to play this game, I think it is so important to um, to get, you know, to, to go with U.S. Kids Golf Clubs and to make sure that you're not sizing up. I know no more than parents buying clothes. What do you want to do? You want to buy them a little big so that they can grow into them. But that's the worst thing you can do for 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 um, for your child as far as golf clubs. I mean, if a kid comes to me and their golf clubs are too long, I basically have to teach them the wrong thing to get them to swing right. So it's so important. And I know it myself. I mean, I, I, I buy my niece clubs all the time and I could I could buy her two sets in one year if she has a, a big growth spurt. But I think it's 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 very it's 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 important that she gets the correct fundamentals. And so I think it's 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 worth the investment. Does the US kids club program do a sort of annual exchange or trading program? Are you aware of anything like that? Um, I'm not so sure about that. I know you can buy secondhand equipment on there. And I know our parents in our program, they're always selling, you know, to the next kid coming along. So we see a lot of that. So that definitely helps parents too. Uh, now for the U.S. Kids Club program, do you actually get, do the children actually get fit for it like you would with a normal fitting or is it a little bit more on the loose side? Um, so it's not as in-depth as, as, you know, an adult club fitting you know, an adult buying Callaway clubs or anything, but basically it comes down to your height and your swing speed. So they have the ultralight clubs and then they have the tour series clubs and the ultralight are, are more for the more beginner golfer with um, slower swing speed. And then the tour series are, um, they start at 51 inches and they're from the older kid, faster, or faster swing speed. So yeah, they've they've covered every range there. They do a great job of it, and um, I'm always I'm always screaming, please get U.S. Kids Golf Clubs to everybody. Right, right, yeah. Uh, and it was funny you said that you'd rather have them get kids. I mean, rather get uh, fitted for their equipment than taking a lesson. Yeah, I mean, I really mean that too. I mean, when a kid comes to me and the parents have bought them a set of clubs that's two sizes too big. That's making my job quite difficult and it's making life really hard for the kid. And I know, like, I know my niece took tennis lessons last year. And what did I do? I went into Dick's Sporting Goods and I bought the first thing that I saw on the on the shelf, probably the cheapest thing I saw on the shelf. Right. And she looked cute going to her tennis lesson. And next thing the coach says to me, this is wrong. And I'm like, what do you mean it's wrong? And he's like, this equipment, this isn't right for her. And I'm like, I can't believe I just did that. <laughs> shame eh coach you should know better right <laughs> so i understand that it's a it's an easy mistake to make <laughs> <laughs> right right so how long has uh your niece been playing uh playing tennis uh, she doesn't really play tennis too much she actually she's kind of gone away from tennis now her if she if you asked her she would say her second sport is basketball she loves basketball um, she does dabble a little bit in tennis, but she definitely didn't fall in love with it or anything. 
Um, but yeah, she's just quite athletic. She likes any sport in it and she kind of takes her hands too. She does quite well. She dabbles in a little bit of soccer here and there too. Okay, cool, cool. In your experience though, how important is it to have children play multiple sports or um, have multiple interests outside of golf? I think it's so important. I think just for the kids' enjoyment in life, right? I mean, more sports, more fun, the happier kids. And then I think for me, you know, I, I secretly want my, my niece to be a good golfer, right, one day. So selfishly, I, I want her to play all these different sports. I see the benefits of it. So I think if any parents are out there listening to this and you want your child to be a good golfer, like I do, and um, then, yes, you have to have them in multiple sports. I mean, the things, you know, everything from, you know, endurance, speed, agility, flexibility, there's so many things that they're going to pick up from those sports. And especially golf, it's such an individual sport too. Um, just having, you know, just being on a team, learning about winning and losing, working with others, I think it's just just so, so important. And the other thing I, I often recommend to parents is, um Try and find a sport that your kid isn't that great at. Uh, I know a lot of these athletic kids, they're good at everything, but just try and find something that they're not great at because um, I think it's important for them to to experience that side of it too. And when you say not great at it, you mean in the terms of struggling to learn some of the basic skills or do you mean struggling to get better at it like they to the same level that they do with golf? Yeah, all of the above, struggling to learn it fundamentally or um, just not always winning, you know, having to cope with them. Um, you know, in golf, you've got to – golf's a game where the older you get, the harder those wins become. Um, you know, I was talking to one of our older juniors that he's and he's doing quite well um, through the teenage years, um, but he always says those wins were so much easier when I was younger. So I think it's important that, um, that the kids are learning early, you know, how to win and how to lose. Yeah, just the the pool of better golfers and the sheer number of golfers getting better and better as they get older is just immense. Oh, exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. When would you suggest then that it would be considered safe or acceptable for a child or a youth to start becoming a one-sport player? I mean, with the idea of becoming golf uh, becoming their primary sport? Yeah, I think maybe around 12 or 13. I think, you know, even if you do decide at 12 or 13, yeah, I really want to commit to this sport. I would still keep one or two other sports on the back burner. Um, I know a lot of our kids will play basketball, a season of basketball through the through the winter. Um, they, you know, they probably don't play too much basketball during the year, but it's it's just something they can do in winter. And um, so, so, yeah, about 12, 13. Um, I mean, I think for those who really want to go on and play college golf, they definitely start, they, they have to start dedicating themselves um, at that age. I mean, I think, you know, you're seeing these kids, they're getting into the AJGA tournaments as, you know, young as 13, 14, and college coaches are, are, are starting to look at them. So I think for those who truly know that they want to pursue it. Um, I think, you know, 12 or 13, you you, you got to start making those moves. If you have, as a coach, you have a new student coming to you, say roughly 9, 10, maybe 11 years of age. Where do you start with a, a student like that? Um, 
And it's funny because, you know, when a student comes to me at nine years old now, I'm almost looking at them thinking, wow, this is late. You know, they're starting so young now. Um, and, and, you know, just kind of rewinding here a bit, I'm a big fan of them starting young. Um, like we threw, my, my niece played in her first golf tournament at four years old. Now, our goal, she was just asking to play. She wanted, she, she saw some of her older friends, they were going to go play on Sunday. She wanted to go play. She, was she ready? No. But what we really loved about it, you know, from four, five, six, she really truly, truly learned how to play the game, how to act on the golf course. You know, a lot of the rules, the etiquette, that kind of stuff. So then now at seven years old, you know, she doesn't have to learn all that stuff. She's really ready to kind of knuckle down and, and, and compete in it. So, yes, I guess going back to what you were asking there, um, you know, when a nine-year-old comes to you now and they say, hey, I want to go play in the U.S. kids golf tournaments, and you know there's nine-year-olds nine out there who can shoot under par, how do you catch this player up? Um that's that's definitely the the million dollar question with that but again kind of going back to i always start with the short game out um i try and build the fundamentals i try and build the chipping try and build the pitching work our way up into the full swing and again going back to as soon as i can i get them out on that golf course teach them about scoring um, and teach them about the rules and etiquette and um just give them those playing those those real situations. And I, I presume at that stage you're also talking about things like having good fundamentals, teaching them good fundamentals like grip, stance, posture, things like that as well. And for me as an instructor, I'm I am a bit of a perfectionist. So yes, I do like to fundamentals are huge. Um, and I um, my method is I don't move on to the next thing until we've got one thing correct. Um, so I guess I do take it slow as an instructor when I'm, when I'm giving a golf lesson, I like to do one, um, pre-swing fundamental and one in-swing fundamental per lesson. And if that's all we get done in that lesson, that's perfect. As long as we get that down and then we can move on and move on to the next thing. Oh, fantastic. I like your approach. <laughs> Michelle, at what age do you think is advantageous or most beneficial for a child and parent to start thinking about competitive golf? Um, say, for example, not just the uh, U.S. the U.S. Junior Golf Program or AJGA program, but more along the lines of wanting to become an elite young player and maybe looking at a collegiate career, things of that nature. Yeah, I think um, in this day and age, they got to start thinking about it young. Um, and again, not to be putting pressure on your on your juniors but just I, I feel like a lot of people wait until they're 16 17 and then it's almost a little too late especially if you want to play d1 golf so I think for parents it's just important to educate yourselves early and um, you know 12 13 and you know research as much as you can start finding out what tournaments they need to be playing in get them playing in tournaments. I don't think you necessarily have to go play in every AJGA event. These things get expensive, but I think you definitely need to be playing in tournaments that um, are of yardages that the college golfers are going to, to look at. I think that's the biggest problem we see is 
you know, a lot of juniors are playing golf tournaments that are just not um, of college yardages and college coaches just aren't going to look at that. Um, so I think it's important that kids uh, are introduced to that. The ones that are able are introduced to that um, as early as possible. Right. Okay. Speaking of college golf um, and you being from Ireland, what do you think, or Leona Maguire is ultimately where I wanted to go to on this topic. <laughs> so <laughs> how big is that for women's golf in Ireland and helping? I mean, you obviously came over from Ireland, played collegiate golf in the United States, but we're at a stage now where Leona is like, put it right on the front stage in Ireland. Yeah, she has done amazing things. So I came over and played college golf in 2001, and I was, I think, the second Irish girl that ever came over to the States. That was 2001. So Leona would have came maybe 10 years after me, maybe. I'm not sure. But yes, what she did at Duke University was amazing. And, you know, the fact that she's the first um, Irish um, LP, first Irish woman on the LPGA Tour, and then she's already got her first win. I mean, it's definitely, it's, it's huge for, for Irish golf in general, not just ladies golf and not just junior golf. But yes, it's, it's de- it was definitely exciting to watch her and her sister grow up in the game and to see what they did in Duke. It's uh, pretty, pretty special. Right, right, right. Um, as an aside, how is, uh, how is the sport of golf uh, doing with women and, and just in general in Ireland? Yeah, I think uh, I think pretty good. I think you know on a club level, I think clubs are are learn here and there are learning more and more that if you want to grow your memberships, you've got to look at the lady side of it. Men are already playing golf, right? So you've got to look at the lady side of it, and you've got to look at the junior side of it. And if there's more ladies and juniors playing golf, well, um, the husbands are probably getting more of a chance to play golf too. So I think. Uh, <laughs> I think that's the way the culture is going. So, um, so yeah, I think I think they're seeing good growth back home too. Yeah, terrific. So, what's next for you, Michelle? What's on? You're you're a busy person. You're got lots on the go. You're busy with your schools every day. But what's next for you? Yeah, I get asked that question a lot. Are we going to expand? I'm not sure. I love that we, you know, we have three three locations now and I and I really enjoy getting up and going to work every day and I and I love that we still somewhat have a a small academy I guess and it's still a you know there's a a a very um a family environment within it so I don't know that we're going to branch out too much more and I'm heavily involved in the tournament side of golf I run tournaments for U.S. Kids Golf and Virginia State Golf Association the PGA so I'll definitely continue with that I think probably if if you were to ask me what would I like to do more in my career it would be just find different ways to to um help parents um within their child's journey so whether that you know becomes more of a social media thing or seminars or whatnot I probably will dabble in that a little bit more down the line so if someone wants to enroll in your school how do they find you what's the best way to to reach out and uh, make that inquiry or get connected. Yeah. Yeah. Social media is probably the best way. We do have a website, um, shellholmesgolf.com, but I guess in this day and age, social media is probably the easiest way to reach out. And we're on Facebook, Michelle Holmes School of Golf. And we're on Instagram and Michelle Holmes Golf. And we're on Twitter and Holmes Golf. So uh, 
you know, you put it, Michelle Holmes Golf into into Google, and you'll have no problem uh, contacting me. <laughs> terrific, terrific. Well, Michelle, there's so much I could go on about and keep asking, but um, I want to keep to my promise of keeping this uh, a little bit on the shorter side for our interview. Uh, thanks for taking so much time out of your schedule and, and uh, um, especially coming off a, a little bit of a tough, uh, tough cold and whatnot, or being a little bit under the weather. So thank you so much. Thank you Michelle. very much. Thank you very much. Lovely to chat with you. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our show for today. Thank you so much for joining us again. And uh, we look forward to hosting you again in our next show. And remember, uh, if you're out there playing some golf, remember, try your best to keep that golf ball on the short grass. You have been listening to our podcast show, We're Talking Golf, produced by the World of Golf. This episode was recorded on Tuesday, November 1st, 2022. If you have an idea for a future show, please send us an email to info at worldofgolf.org. Please include podcast show in the subject line. This show is the copyright of the world of golf. Thank you for joining us. Good night.